you're listening to The Enlightened Podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah Jane, and I'm a gentle chiropractor, holistic counsellor, energetic worker, intuitive guide, and yoga and meditation teacher. I'm the host and creator of The Enlightened Podcast, and I'll be bringing you stories of resilience, consciousness, healing, the human experience, and just how trauma, loss, and grief can shape us to be more compassionate and more empathetic human beings than ever before. These stories are for the highly sensitives, the empaths, and those wanting to hear a unique approach to holistic health. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode. I'm Dr. Sarah Jane and I'm your host of the Enlightened Podcast and today we are joined by two very, very, very special guests, a couple that I love following on Instagram because of, I guess, their authenticity and the beauty that they both share and that they both give to this world um, through their art forms, especially now during these uh, COVID times. I've just loved following them both. So our first person that I'd like to welcome is Josh Peterman. He's an Australian performer living in the UK and is currently playing the Phantom in the renowned Phantom of the Opera. And his beautiful, beautiful partner, Charlotte Black, a talented musician and also model who spreads kindness with every word that she writes. And I'm so excited to have these two. So welcome, Josh and Charlotte. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us. And I was just chatting with these two off the air before about how excited I am that they're our first couple. Well, they may not be after this podcast, but at least they are at the start of it. <laughs> so we've got them both here. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to bring you on and I asked you both. I sent Josh a little DM on Instagram asking if you both would, you know, uh, join me on this podcast because I just love um, the light that you both have and are bringing to, I guess, these uh, dark times at the moment for a lot of people. And, I just knew that I had to have you both on to talk about a whole bunch of stuff that I knew my audience would just really, really love to hear. So, yeah, I just, I guess we can start off there and asking you both how you guys have been coping with uh, COVID-19, especially since you guys are in the UK and Josh, your family being here in Australia. How's it been for you both? Um, Really testing. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I came over here to pursue a dream, which was... um, to play the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera and, and um, you know, got to live that dream for 160, something, 170 shows, whatever, which is wow. probably the most beautiful experience I've, not probably, is the most beautiful experience I've ever had as a, a performer. It's It was just um, on every level. Um, it was just so fulfilling. And then for it to be cut short by something so out of one's control just, I guess was a just a stark reminder of the polarities of of life that we're sort of all facing this sort of extremity of you know beauty and then ugliness and sweetness and sorrow and it's just sort of bang 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 and that that corona coaster that we're all on um, I think sort of for for me the heights of it started with phantom and then the depths of it. <laughs> um, occurred when when you know when the, the show stopped so um I, i've struggled i've also struggled to be away from my family you know i just want to see my family and friends i know that hugging and tactility is not an option at the moment but <laughs> if i was there i just avoid all those r- rules because i'm such a tactile person i just want to give love to the people <laughs> i love most and cuddle monster um so i mean it's 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 really it's really hard and, and you know one you know, question immediately questions. You know, um, you know what it is to to be on this this planet. I mean, one who is like <laughs> like me, who like always goes into the depths of shit. Um, it's it's like what's my what's my purpose when the purpose that I normally have can't um, be fulfilled on you know as a stage performer. But um, I've always I found some silver silver linings. I've started doing some recording, and I've probably got a very exciting project about to. To launch soon, so, um, so I mean, it, like, and that, that's something that maybe wouldn't have happened if I 
if I was on stage eight times a week playing the Phantom. So, you know, it's it's just a it's just a mix. But I've certainly more than ever. I know this is long winded. Felt the the ups and downs, and I know that I'm not alone there. I think that everyone has has really felt those the polarity of of, of emotion, um, you know, smashed in their face during this. Yeah. What about you, Charlotte? I would say, so the first couple of months of lockdown, Josh and I kind of made the most of it with our time together because normally Josh would be out around, you know, eight, eight nights a week. Uh, eight nights? How many nights are in the week? Eight nights a week. Like, what's that extra? <laughs> <laughs> um, eight, you're doing eight shows a week. So we hardly saw each other in the evenings. And it's been really nice to have that kind of quality time together because we haven't had that since the beginning of our relationship when mm. I was over in Australia. So we've really made the most of that, which has been really beautiful. And I think just having the time to slow down and to, you know, smell the flowers and to go on beautiful walks and to feel the sun, I think it's something that I've definitely taken for granted in the past and feel that lockdown in a positive light, it's, kind of taught me to be more present and obviously things are changing so much every single day and just make the most of every moment as it as it comes and but I would definitely say since life has started to go back to normal that's when I've struggled the most because although we were finding out about all the changes to our lives throughout lockdown they were they hadn't really taken place like everything was cut out at once and now we're kind of back to a new normal. We're really recognizing how much our lives have changed, mm. and I'm find I've been finding that really challenging. Yeah. yeah. What do you like? Well, we wouldn't know about that in Melbourne. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but you're going to come out of lockdown 2.0 into some other version of it, and, and and you'll recognize it then. But what for you? What what do you find most challenging in this new version of you know open living? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, you go, Charlotte. Well, definitely similar to what Josh has said is like finding my purpose. You know, for so long we've been on this kind of hamster wheel and um, I'm a major work hustler and I love uh, working hard and being busy and running around London and going to meetings and writing songs and building businesses. Then I really thrive off that, but it all had to kind of stop. So I've been learning what it means to exist as me without these things running. So I've really been questioning, like, what is my calling and what am I meant to do and what really brings me joy at the core of me? And I guess a lot of things internally have shifted over this time. And I've learned a lot about myself and actually slow living and quality time with friends and reading and writing songs and journaling all of that is just absolute joy to me and I guess all the external fluff um like you know going to big events and nightclubs and all of that stuff is that the desire to be part of that is kind of like dissolved because I really learned what's important and what brings me the most joy so that's you know there's I always say that something beautiful is always grown from a dark place. And I think from this um, this lockdown and everything that's going on in the world, there's definitely seeds that have been planted and beautiful things that are growing. And I'm trying to, to learn what they are for me and for me and Josh as a couple as well. Mm, it's definitely a stripping kind of time, isn't it, where it does kind of take away all that stuff that doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we think it does at the time, you know. We think that just like you said, like going um, and meeting these um, people at, say, nightclub events or promoting and all that kind of thing, we we kind of realise what we've lost and how far away we kind of, I guess, strayed from what we really do need and what really is important in this life and, I suppose for me what I wanted to find out with you guys as well, because you are both performers and you pretty much have not been able to perform during that time, you know, and that's such a big part of not only your lives but also, like, like you both mentioned, your purpose as human beings. Was it difficult to find, you know, um, I guess, meaning when that was taken away from you or did, 
did it kind of cement your purpose even more or did it kind of change it and kind of make you go, oh, hang on, this is what we'd like to implement in life now that we've experienced this going forward and maybe did your purposes change somewhat? Well, there's a lot in there. Such a good question. And I think... <laughs> there's a lot in there. So My brain is like flicking through well, like, which all, all, all of those things happen. So For sure. Um, I, I think ultimately I have gone through many moments in, in this period where I've really had to tap into who I am beyond what I do. You know, what are my core truths? What are my core values? And, you know, probably 18 months ago, I started writing, um, started journaling daily, like, you know, as a part of a, a morning ritual that was, that I haven't let up. And in that, I, I not just sort of, you know, pay gratitude to the things that I'm grateful for, but I, but I do write those core truths for me, and they can different differ from day to day. You know, it could be as simple as I am enough, or I am compassionate, I am love, I am giving, I am humble. You know, these sort of things, and all of those things for me, like I had never written, I am a singer, I am the Phantom of yeah. the Opera. I am, like you know, they're not, mm. they're they're things that that I that I do, um, and and I use the things that I am. Um, to funnel to the vehicle of what I do. I, the, the what I do is just a vehicle for what I am. I think it's a better way of saying it. And so it's really enabled me to have to sit into those things that, you know, performing on stage, even though I can't do it at the moment, although I saw a pilot recently at the London Palladium of a great West End performer and there's hope that performing will come back soon. I still have had to really tap into those, those quarters knowing that performing will come back, but I'm still worthy of joy and of love and of a happy life without those things in it for now because I'm, I'm more than those, the things that I do. So, yeah, it, it's, it's been challenging because, you know, it's really simple to say that, um, but to actually live that, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, reality shows that that's, re- that's really tough. So I, I'm... The, those constant reminders and constant questions um, have 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 hit me and sat with me. Yeah, um, I've been doing well since I met Josh. I've been journaling daily as well, so it's a bo- it's a routine that we both kind of take part in. That's really helpful. We went to an event in Melbourne in January uh, two thousand and nineteen, and there were some conversations about about journaling, and we took that away from it went, that's something we really want to implement as individuals and, you know, to benefit our relationship. Yeah, and I just find that so helpful, you know, writing. Every morning I write, I am enough, I am valuable, I am love, um, I am manifesting my dream life, all of these things. And it has really helped me. I mean, a lot of the work I do is, is based around self-love, separate to being a musician. And I've really kind of implemented learning how to love myself and especially through this time of everything things being taken away what has not been taken away is my kind of core belief that I am enough and I'm valuable and maybe four years ago or something I would have really panicked over the lockdown and thought oh no like this opportunity's gone this music thing's changed everything's you know going mad in the world and I would have really panicked and that would have affected my sense of worth but this time that really hadn't happened because of the journaling and because I really learned how to love myself and that even without live performances and releasing songs and throwing um, self-love events, I'm still enough. And modelling. And modelling as well. You know, all of that's kind of just been, been paused, but I still feel full and, um, yeah, capable in myself, which is a really amazing feeling and it's I definitely recognize that I kind of reached that that point in my journey throughout this so even though my purpose is kind I'm still trying to figure that out even as we speak but (laughs) I definitely all yeah as we all are but my core beliefs have strengthened for sure Mm. Mm. and I think it's so important that you touched on 
about, you know, how attached some of us can be to our, I guess, our identity or what we think is our identity or our roles in life, you know. Um, So often it's hard for us. You know, I usually do a little exercise with people when I do, when I did events. I don't know if you remember that anyone, but when we were allowed out to see each other um, and I did events and a lot of the things that I would do is I'd get people to turn around to someone they didn't know um, and describe themselves to them without labelling what they are. So they couldn't say, you know, they were a chiropractor or a performer. They couldn't say they were a mother or a wife or whatever. You couldn't use any of those um, roles as a description. And it's really, really challenging for people as, you know, as you guys probably found out during this as well, we base so much of our worth around these things, but it's not really the core of us. It's not really, you know, us deep down. And I think developing a relationship with who you are can be well is something that we all need to do but it can be quite confronting you know and so many of us in this western world you know we distract ourselves with things like you know um netflix not that there's anything wrong with that at times or you know being on our phone oh, a lot or, <laughs> yeah, you know we do a lot of things to distract ourselves from sitting with ourselves and developing that relationship or asking those questions of ourselves which is why I love journaling as well and good on you both for actually going to that seminar in the first place but actually actioning a step when you got home because that's really really challenging so good on you for that but in terms of your relationship has it changed as a result of this and is it hard sometimes being in a relationship with two performers (laughs) you can start with that one what do you want? So, first question, has it changed our relationship? I think only for the better. I think our communication skills are even better because when you're with someone 24-7 for three meals a day and you, you can only go outside for an hour a day and you end up doing that together because that's your exercise, it you see every single angle of your partner. And although you would see that in, in regular life when you're passing each other through your day you really really get to know them in another light and you see their perfections and imperfections and I think that's been a beautiful thing but also a challenging thing and we've really I guess taught and learned how to communicate in a deeper level and being able to coexist with both of our personalities and you know there's times when I was really struggling and times when Josh was struggling and you know we sometimes we're both struggling at the same time and that's even more challenging because we're, we're used to supporting each other. So when we're both in a difficult place, that's a whole new story and a whole new lesson. Mm. So I think it has changed it, but in a positive light, like I feel closer to Josh than I ever have. Absolutely. You know, he's he's my rock and he's my person. And, you know, we we feel like a real team. Yeah. You know, and I think I've always felt like that, but even more so now. Mm. But you know, in every in every team, it's not always hunky dory, and and I think you know, we we do some things really well, like we you know, we really communicate, and especially when we have arguments, which are inevitability of you know being in a relationship and being in such close proximity all the time, you're not going to agree on everything, and it would be. Um, weird if we did um but how we deal with those arguments it's very rare that we get into the sort of um you know full-blown you know plate smashing smashing (laughs) match it's not (laughs) like and and we really scream and we like it's it's just like what we've learned probably from previous relationships too is that clear communication is is um is is the most important important thing especially when there's, there's disagreements and sometimes we don't get through everything in that particular, um, you know, exchange, but we'll come back to it the next day or the day after that. You said, hey, there were some things that I did, I wasn't able to say in that in that moment and on reflection I, I really need to say this and, um, you know, we give each other time to say what we need and what we want and, um, you know, what, what, um, what we're withholding and... Um, yeah, that, that's my favourite question is... Uh, Josh and I have got this little list of things that we ask each other and if you know when you're in a relationship and you from sense another workshop we did. from another workshop we did but you know like, <laughs> you can sense your partner's 
something wrong, you can sense the shift in energy. And instead of going, hey, babe, what's wrong? Tell me, tell me, like, why are you acting funny? We try and ask each other, what are you withholding? And it gives the other person an opportunity to express, well, actually, I was really hurt when you said that earlier, but I've just been sitting with it because I wasn't sure how to express it. And the opposite person is, is meant to say, I hear you and thank you. And then you can kind of keep saying the things that you're withholding and you can choose to speak about it after or before, but it's a really helpful way to, uh, I guess, say times when you're feeling upset or frustrated or disappointed without putting blame on the other person. Yeah. Just saying, this is what I feel. You, I understand that you most, most, most likely did not mean to make me feel that way, but this is what I feel and I just want you to hear that. Yeah, and, and it helps that, you know, getting getting rid of stuff from under the resentment rug and so that there's not, it, it doesn't keep piling up and piling up and piling up and then, you know, something minor happens and, and you bring up old shit in an argument you're like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. That, that, six months ago, why are you still holding on to that Yeah, shit? we don't let that happen. Yeah, just like let it out because inevitably I feel sort of resentment is um, – is played over so many times in someone's head, whatever the initial issue was, that by the time you get to it months or years later, it's a sort of expansion from the original truth. And so if you can just deal with it in, in, in the moment or close to the moment within sort of days, you can just work that out. And that, that requires some courage and, you know, being brave and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And generally as men, we don't like to do that. But this is the first relationship that I've been in in my life where I can actually be really truthful and, and, and vulnerable and, and find some, some power in that. Yeah, I, th- I think we're, I would say, like, Josh and I are mirrors to each other. and Yeah, we're not, this, we're not that similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, in lo- lots of ways. And I think Josh, you know, calls me out on my shit, you know, and... At first, I didn't like that. I found it really confronting. <laughs> I was like, why are you calling me out of my shit? Just I know what my shit is. But when the person you love calls you out on it, it, you hear it differently. And now I see it as, I try to see it as a positive thing and go, you know what? You're so right. I really need to get my ass in gear and get on with that because that, that's something I'm resisting. And I do the same thing for Josh. And it means that, you know, more often than not, we'll have confronting conversations that maybe last a couple of minutes or half an hour or however long and we'll say hey look I can see you're doing that to yourself you really need to work that out yeah and it's yeah, it's so challenging and there's a lot of you in here with us and all the things like you you generally I feel like you generally sit in a sort of deeper feminine part of your very left side with that and um not that you don't but that that masculine energy of of like you know ready fire aim just like go for it do look forward and just make it happen is is harder for you i i think and for me just tapping into a sort of feminine part of me is not my initial thing yeah it's something i've had to work on like tapping that feminine is so easy for you you've had to work on the right side whereas like i've always been like you know blinkers on race force go and get it go and do it um and so, you know, before meeting Lottie, I started to work a lot more on my, my you know, accessing my feminine um, energy. But Lottie has brought that out in me so much more. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm a better person and more sort of rounded person because of it. Yeah, jo- Josh is really helping me get that kind of feisty. I mean, <laughs> I can. <laughs> and I really enjoy it when I do get that mm-hmm. masculine energy. I really enjoy it. But... I do definitely access my feminine energy first and I have to kind of reset myself and go, right, right, get your lipstick on, get your sass out, tell me to go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can't do it, but it's not. Josh is really, te- you know, really helping me learn how to access that because he, you know, live, like really lives in that place. Uh, yeah. Mm. There we go. This, that was a really long time. <laughs> 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 No, no, I loved it. And I think you guys touched on a few different things there. But even with, you know, like you guys were saying, it's more natural for Josh to be in his masculine and maybe for you, Charlotte, to be in your feminine. And I think it does come down to a lot of our, you know, social conditioning, whether that's, you know, 
um, conscious or subliminal, but we really still do play these gender roles or it's still encouraged where, you know, women are meant to be soft and kind and, you know, polite and um, therefore, you know, men are meant to be, you know, tough and they don't cry and they don't talk about feelings. So it can be really challenging in um, a relationship to get both of those parts heard and felt and expressed in a way where it's kind of accepted unconditionally and that we're loved unconditionally and that we realise that we can show those parts and they're not weakness or they're not, um, you know, scary. They're, they're parts of actually being a human being and that the rest of the stuff is literally just stuff from our society that we've been taught, you know. So I love that you guys um, touched on that and, you know, vulnerability scared for scary for everyone, you know. it's it's It comes back to that, that am I worthy or am I going to be accepted for expressing that? But when you guys spoke about the questions and the statements that you ask, it's I guess it's also about being truly heard when you are expressing that. It's not just the expression. It's like, well, I hear you and I'm not going to react with their, my perception and my stuff and defend myself in that moment. I'm going to sit with you in the fact that you were saying that you feel this way and honour that and hear you, which I think is something that many couples do struggle with. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The vulnerability part is, is huge, and, I, and I've got to say, it's a yeah. part that I, I sort of have grown to to love, and it's sort of has been for me an art imitating life thing, especially because as an as an artist doing what what I do, you know, we sort of have I, I see sort of three layers, and vulnerability and truth is sort of the most honest core layer, and then in front of that is a sort of an insecurity. And in front of that, sometimes there's an egoic mask that covers the insecurity that's covering the truth of <laughs> the vulnerable layer. And, um, and you see it all, it all, all the time, you know, um, with, with all sorts of people in, you know, levels of performing or in politics or whatever, and you go, I see through that bullshit. Um, but if we just have the courage to expose vulnerability and truth, what we as the artist feel is so much deeper and therefore what an audience feels is is so much deeper. Yeah. And, and I feel like that is what my uh, part on this earth is, is for, is to feel things deeply and exchange the energy of that feeling with others so they can feel things deeply. So if that's through singing or that's through, through other conversation or whatever, that, that's, that's, that's really my, my goal. But it took me a very long time to get there and I still struggle with it at times when shit is really tough <laughs> and that's what i love most about you josh is the your ability to be vulnerable as a man because you know as you were saying earlier it's so true based on how you're brought up in society mm-hmm. and all of these things you behave in a certain way whether it's conscious or subconscious and josh is very good at showing when he's sad or vulnerable and or coming to me and going, I really need your support right now. And it makes me fall in love even more every single time because I feel that we're connecting on a much deeper level. You know, people are so afraid of, oh, it's got a face. <laughs> people are afraid of vulnerability, and I definitely have moments where I'm afraid of vulnerability, but when we open up to each other with our truth, our connection just gets even stronger. I think that's a part of being Scottish, though, isn't it? <laughs> Because, like, Scots are generally, Scots are generally, like, really tough and they, like, get in there and they fuck things all I think that was just that one cab driver you had that time, babe. What about about Braveheart? Braveheart, too. (laughs) What about William Wallace? It's generally quite tough, like, tough as, as as a people. Yeah, I would say I would say so, but it's like I mean, as a, a cultural thing. As a cultural thing, yeah. Mm. But I, I think Aussies are like that too, especially Aussie men are supposed to be a certain way. But I try to break out of that mm. because I, I don't like, well, I don't enjoy or embrace conversations that are surface level. Of course, sometimes it's nice to just talk about fluff. I love to talk about fluff every so often, but I don't connect and engage and you know, love people through surface level. So I love when someone gets deep, mm. you know, and tells me what how they're really feeling. I feel it just expands the relationship and everything. It's just, it's just amazing. I love it. It's amazing. It's, yeah. You guys are very cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's like, and that's what I love most about you, Josh. I was like, oh, that is 
so sweet. Um, but, you know, we're talking about the importance of communication and, and we were saying um, before prior to the podcast as well that I do a lot of couples counselling and the main thing that I do see isn't so much um, that there's an, a problem within the relationship that can't be solved. It's more so that people don't know how to communicate effectively or like you guys were saying, it builds up over years and, um, you know, what you think you're fighting about, like it may be a dish in the sink, is really about something else and um, kind of getting to that point of, of resentment. But for anyone out there listening, what are some tips that maybe you could give them in terms of if they're wanting to start to begin to communicate a little bit better? Where's somewhere they could start? If they're not really communicating right now, they're not feeling connected to each other, they're not feeling um, like they're at that place where they can be vulnerable and, and not judge or not defend or attack the other, what could they do maybe to start connecting a little bit better? I would say no matter where you are in your relationship, whether you're perfectly happy right now or if things are really challenging or if you're just fumbling along comfortably, that being heard and feeling heard is the best medicine in the world. That's, from my point of view, that regardless of what's going on, whether it's in the relationship or whether it's in my life, when I come to Josh and I say how I'm feeling, just being listened to and heard and accepted, I find very healing in itself and I think you know if you and your partner are having issues if you just take turns to say right tell me how you're feeling about things and I'm just going to listen and I'm not going to react I'm not going to defend myself or fight back I'm just going to hear you because whatever they're communicating is what the truth is for them Mm. and it might not be your truth or how you see things but you really have to respect that that's their truth And together through communication and through patience and time, you know, you can learn to see eye to eye. So I would say, yeah, definitely hearing each other, giving space for that is just the best medicine, no matter where you are in your relationship. Patience is a good word. I think all of this takes time. It's sort of like saying, I sort of liken it to meditation where you go, if I'm only going to meditate on the days then I'm feeling a bit anxious or a bit stressed or a bit down. I'm not really getting the full benefit of that practice. So you've got to do it on days when you feel good, bad, and in between on all days. And I think it's the same with with communication. You don't just communicate and and make that time, which I think people should do, to actually sit and and have chats. Make it a ritual like you would make a meditation. And whether it's you're having a great time or you're having an average time, or you're having a terrible time at the moment in your relationship, actually making, setting time aside, all right, our ritual is a Sunday night, 8pm, chat for an hour where, you know, we, we really sit down and, and talk about where, where we're at and how we're feeling. And I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's beautiful um, in every way, no matter whether it's really challenging or no yeah. matter whether you're, you're flying. Because yeah. you will inevitably have have all of, of that course. that's life and sarah i'm sure you've heard um about the five love languages sure have yeah. I, i'm a word of affirmation and my husband is um gifts okay so i absolutely love that book and i introduced that to josh oh no i, I had it i've had it in therapy well, oh really oh yeah, yeah. oh Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you just didn't listen to it. I guess one of the valid things in all of this is I've been married and divorced before I met Buddy. Um, I got married. In- I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I was with basically my high school sweetheart, and um, you know we, we got married in mid twenties, and I was divorced by the time I was I was thirty. And a lot of getting through that and coming out the other side and being able to be open enough to meet someone as wonderful as Lottie was learning a lot about this stuff. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. five love languages was huge. And I'm not, um, I think it's a, having, having going through that has, has enabled me to be a much better person and I'm so glad that I went through that because now I can have this type of relationship. Um, but anyway, you talking about five love languages. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I was going to say and then I'm going to comment on that quickly. So, yeah, the, the five love languages, when I brought it up to Josh before and, you know, in your relationship, you might be give so the way I give love is definitely the way that I want to receive it, which is 
talking and words of affirmation and quality time and you know going here for you I love you I'm holding you all of that stuff which is what I need and I've learned that Josh's love languages are different so Josh loves acts of service you know like cooking a lovely dinner or being organized or planning something lovely for us both just little things like that to show him that he's being thought about and that he's being loved so sometimes it's good just to you know check yourself in your relationship and go okay what is there three things I could do this week to make my partner feel the love languages that they you know really need and you know to check in on them and say hey are you are you getting what you need at the moment can you (laughs) (laughs) let me know what those things are and we found that really helpful because we have different love languages and that's you know it's normal and that's fine but we we tend to give the love that we want to receive so it's just kind of Mm. tapping into that yeah and asking each other like that that should be one of the first questions you ask someone because then you can love them the way they need to be loved Mm -hmm. and I guess that's that's beautiful because you might be feeling like you're loving someone so so well but if if you're speaking French and they speak Italian then then no not Mm. (laughs) just to quickly on on what josh opened up about his his divorce i found it really inspiring that he's so open about it and there's no shame attached and i know a lot about their marriage and i find that really helpful you know being his new partner and understanding what happened and um obviously there's things that come up that you know I guess, ways of behaving that Josh might have taken from that marriage into our relationship. And I feel comfortable enough and Josh feels comfortable enough for me to say, hey, okay, I think you might have got this from somewhere else. Hashtag trigger. (laughs) Hashtag trigger. (laughs) I am not, I'm a brand new version of, you know, I'm a brand new person. So how can we work through that so that that doesn't bleed into our relationship? Because right. it, it doesn't need to come into us. But I have to respect that they're your triggers. Yeah, and, and it's like the longer you're, you, you're in life and the more relationships you have, the more experience you have, but the more baggage you've got. Yeah. And that's sort of... We've all got baggage, so... <laughs> we all got baggage. <laughs> so, yeah, we pull each other up when we think something else is coming in and, and really try to respect that. Yeah, and I'm the same to you. Like I've yeah. learned a lot about your previous relationship. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's it's it would be weird to sort of go. Life only started when we when we met, and there is no history. Like it's always history. You bring you bring your childhood. You bring everything. Every, oh yeah, childhood. That's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do another podcast on pure inner child. Work, I know. I think. Well, hugs. Yes, I think gets lots of hugs. Yeah. No, that, you answered that really beautifully. Did you know that book is one of the longest um, books to ever be on the New York Best Times seller? It's still, I'm pretty sure it's still on the New York, New York Times bestsellers even now. Wow. It deserves to be. Yeah. It deserves to be. You know, there's a fact, the love languages for teenagers, and I remember seeing it in my mum's room, which is really sweet because she was trying to, you know, learn and because me and my sister have obviously different ways of receiving love. And I remember her reading that to to find out because you know teenagers are, are wild and going through all things and you couldn't pay me to go back. Oh no, I just would not wish adolescence <laughs> upon anyone. You can't pay me to go back. Yeah, there, there is a teenage book. So yeah, for anyone might be interested. That's the thing that's a great oh. thing to have. I didn't know that. And I think that's so amazing, you know, just to try and understand what goes through a teenager's mind might be very interesting to read that book. And I remember my mum watched an Oprah episode. I must have been very young. I must have been around 15. And she actually bought me that book, The Five Love Languages. And I was like, what is this, mum? I'm not interested. And she's like, no, it will change your life. And it wasn't until I was about 25 where I finally read it. Wow, that's so very very funny. I know it's 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 like a, a a bible that everyone needs to read. Yeah, the love bible. The love bible. The, the love bible. Now I've just got a personal question for you both now because I don't know the answer to this, and I, it's a bit more lighthearted. But how did you guys actually meet? I have no idea. <laughs> Lottie's favorite story. So I'm going to tell the first <laughs> bit, and Josh is going to tell the second bit. See, <laughs> we met a couple of new people recently, and Josh has been the storyteller. So it's my turn. Have a go. <laughs> so, Josh 
So I don't like to say that we met on Instagram because technically, romantically, we did not meet on Instagram. But Josh found me on Instagram. Yeah, I slid into the DM. <laughs> he slid into the DM. And I gave him zero. She gave me absolutely zero. Well, because, I mean, I went on to the I saw you were gorgeous, I saw you were doing music, and I replied to you, but I also saw that you were in Melbourne. And I was like, that is the other side of the world. Mm, I'm not going to bother with this. This is going to be heartbreak central. And (laughs) (laughs) he just kept messaging and kept replying to my Instagram stories. And I was like, this guy is keen. And then this was March. It was relentless. It was relentless. (laughs) This is March 2018. Yes. Yes. Josh had sent, sent me a message going, hey, so I'm going to be in London in October, just wondering if wow. you'd like to go for a drink. And I was like, in my head, who knows where I'm going to be in October? I was like, I'm not committing to this. So I just gave you don't like organisation. <laughs> like, you'd like to organisation. Because I just, I knew he was going to be there for a week. It's like, I'm not being your holiday romance because I will fall in love in six seconds and <laughs> be pen pals forever. <laughs> so I, just, I think I gave you a bit of a reply and, and that was it. But Josh, you take the... I just wanted to get that bit Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was great. Except I'll be over in September, not October. But oh, okay, it was pretty... Yeah, yeah. It was a five-month early yeah. booking. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me, Josh? It does uh, not surprise me at all. No, not at I all. actually love his organisation skills. They're very, very good. Right oh, right. you can get a lot done in a day, week, lifetime. You just try to be, yeah. Anyway, um, so I, uh, I got, I got here, and then ended up meeting up with my old uh, agent at the time here because I'd lived in London previously. i show sure here, and. Um, and suddenly he started throwing some auditions my way. So it meant that I was going to stay for a little bit longer. And then I met up with a dear old friend, Marla, who I'd met a few years beforehand, who's always coming up with ideas in sort of digital performance space. She's like, you're going to need to do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And um, and so we came up with this concept that never eventuated uh, called Destination Duet. So I'd interview singers, other singers, on location in their favourite spot from wherever. I put this whole thing in quotation marks. And and then we finished it by doing a duet of of a favourite song of theirs. So it was was a great concept. So I thought, here's a real opportunity to meet a young Scottish singer-songwriter who I wanted to meet earlier. Um, So I I put out there that we could meet for a podcast, um, knowing full well that a drink wasn't going to happen. Anyway, she obliged, <laughs> and we met in at Regent's Park. In Regent's Park, yeah. And um, I sort of interviewed her, and it was, I mean, this never happened because the sound quality was so bad, But so no one's ever heard this, but if they do at some point, this is the flirtiest podcast ever. ever. And we had to start twice to oh. speak because I was nervous. You were so nervous. I, found, I was like, I didn't expect him to be so cute and charming and all the things. And I was like, I can't speak. What's my mouth? I don't know. What's, what's my mouth? That's and, how I felt. Anyway, so the podcast ended and then we walked back to Regent's Park Station and then we got off a Piccadilly Circus and ended up going for a drink. Well, we were meant to go for a coffee, but there's no coffees. So we just ended up getting a drink. <laughs> I got that drink. And, um, and then that. And then you kissed me. Yeah, I gave her a pick. I was not expecting it, and I was like, whoa. It wasn't like a full-on patch, patch attack. It was just like a little pick. Yeah, but we still, we've got that, we know where that's going. We know where that's going. We passed that in Piccadilly Circus. Oh, that's yeah, the spot. Yeah, my Whole Foods. Um, and then, um, then we got up the next day, and then. And I, to put note, the, uh, I had tonsillitis. So I got managed to get tonsillitis overnight, and. Oh, I know. So I was meant to be up packing boxes and having tonsillitis, but I couldn't resist going for brunch. And so we went for so brunch, we went for brunch. In Brixton, and then we spent that day together, and that brunch turned into dinner. dinner. And then we caught up the next day, oh. the day that I was going back to Australia. So we hung out at my cousin's place I was living with, and then, um, and then Lottie took me all the way to Paddington, and I got on the Heathrow Express. And then I had to leave and go back to Melbourne. And that was no, start of November, and then we just FaceTimed. 
every single day. Yeah. Until it was just like so much. I was like, you need to come to Australia. Let's get a flight. And obviously when I told my mum, that me and my mum are really, really close to each other everything. And I said, so I met this guy and he's invited me out to Australia and he's getting to fly and he's really lovely. And mum was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you known him for? What did you say? I said I said I'd spent two weeks with you, which was a lie. It was three days, but you know, to add a bit of fluff to the corners of things sometimes. She <laughs> actually fell out with me for the first time because she just could not believe I was putting myself in that unsafe position. But I slowly convinced her, and she came round to it. And I was like, "Mum, you can Google him. Like, you know, I send you his address, everything." And I, I'm I'm quite stubborn, so she knew that I was going to do it anyway. And anyway, I got her blessing, which made life much easier. And I flew out on the 12th of January. Last. Last year. So last year. Yeah. Oh, does it longer ago than that? Yeah. And we spent six weeks together after only having three dates. Yeah. And it was just like, then I was back here um, visiting Lottie and auditioning for Phantom. And then Lottie was back and I was back again. And then next minute, um, I, I got the call that I was going to be playing the role and I have to move over and the universe said hey you two be together all the time yeah the way I mean I believe our luck I mean it's not luck it's not just luck it's manifest it's all the things but for to make you know for to have a long distance relationship for eight months and your partner to land his dream role in the place where you're pursuing your dreams crazy it's just crazy and for that to happen if that happened if it was this year it wouldn't have happened Mm mm-hmm because COVID would have just completely ruined it. Yep. So, you know, it was really meant to be. Just the stars aligned. Yeah, stars. Yeah, stars. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys still like each other, so that's a big plus as well. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's such a better story than my husband and my story. What's your story? <laughs> Literally. Well, do you know Roville, Josh? Yeah. You're a Melbourneian. Have you heard of a very glamorous, glamorous uh, location called the Stanford Pub? The Stanford Pub? No, I don't, I don't know Roville that well. <laughs> oh, you're, well, obviously missing out because there's an exceptional, exceptional establishment called the Stamo. Stamo. And I met him at at the pub on a Friday night. And you know what? It's very funny. But as soon as I walked in, and I know it sounds very, very corny, but the whole world stopped and I could only see him in the whole pub. And I just said to myself, that's that's my person. And he obviously did not have the same feelings whatsoever. (laughs) He was not interested in the slightest. So we were friends originally and then kind of like your story Josh you forced Lottie to go out with you well I eventually forced my husband to go out with me um and he came up to me one night I think we'd known each other for about oh maybe three or four months at this point and he's like oh you look really beautiful tonight and I was like why don't you ask me out then (laughs) 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 and then the rest is history because if you think about it you had to be there at that time in your life and if any little thing had changed if the transport had been delayed or your friend had called you you could have missed each other exactly it's like sliding doors and, and, i've actually seen that movie but yeah yeah it's, it's a good movie and seriously i'll tell you some weirder stuff so I um, worked at a hairdressing salon for one of my first jobs. It was actually his cousin's salon and I didn't know him yet. And I worked at Sports Girl while in high, uh, while in uni and um, his next-door neighbour was one of my very good work colleagues, one of my very good friends at work. Oh. And I, yeah, um, and I went dirt bike riding once with a group of friends and they had to give me a bike that um, I could ride and it was his bike that I what? rode. Swear to God. You would, this is like, yeah, absolute meant to be. That's yep. crazy. So, it's really crazy. Yes, so many ways that we could have met and then, yeah, we finally did and then, yeah, just like you guys forced you to, to date me. <laughs> At the Stammo. If you guys ever come to Melbourne, I'm going to take you both there and you'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, we're, we're back in November for a, a little bit. 
Oh, we're going to the Stamo. That's what we're doing. The flights are booked. The flights are booked. We don't need chicken, <laughs> but, but you got to order a Parma, don't you, at the Stamo? You, you have to either order a Parma or a porterhouse. Okay, we don't eat chicken and we don't eat steak. Do they do like... Thank you, guys. They would have some things. <laughs> Salmon? Yeah. Salmon? Do you eat salmon? Salmon, 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 Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but we started dating in 2008. Oh, gorgeous. Mm. So we started dating a long time ago, but then we actually, sad story, we did break up for a bit because I wanted to go travelling and go on a Kentucky tour. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you go? So I went to um, Europe. I went to Europe for a couple of months and he said, well, if you want to go on that, then because he, he's seven years older than me and he wanted he was looking a little bit more serious than I was and I was like, I need to travel, I need to see the world. And he's like, if you go, well, no, I want to buy a house and get married and I just wasn't ready for that. So I left and then he got a new girlfriend by the time I got back. Oh, my God. But she wasn't the one. Swear to God. And I was devastated and I thought that was it. It was all over. And then um, I ended up getting a new boyfriend for a couple of years as well. And then we bumped into each other at Chadston Shopping Centre and we both had just broken up with our partners at that time and we were engaged four weeks later. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. Such a good story. That's a really good story. See what Chadston can read. I know. I haven't taken the money to It's more than just a fashion capital. <laughs> love capital. Yes, exactly, or the engagement capital in the end. But, yeah, it engaged four weeks later and then married a year later in 2012 and we've been together ever since. Beautiful. Awesome. I love that. I love love stories. Mm. Me too. We should, we should do a podcast just seriously on asking people about how they met and their love stories. That would be really good. That's actually podcast, a really, really good really good podcast. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought about it, guys. It was my idea. No, okay. <laughs> we can help. Can, it, <laughs> can we talk beyond, beyond Chatty? Beyond Chatty. Yeah, yeah, oh. A world's love story. I love that. Well, thank you both for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you guys. And, yeah, I'm glad to finally meet you via the podcast recording and yeah looking forward to hopefully seeing you both in australia soon and keep spreading your light i I love um what you both are doing and yeah you just share a lot of positivity especially in a time where us melburnians need it so if you i'll leave your um instagram details at the bottom of this so that people can find you both but yeah thanks so much for joining me thank you for having us thank you for having us it's been such a okay guys all the best and stay safe and stay well in 2.0. Oh, yes, thank you. Look, it's been a bit trickier this time for, I think, most Melburnians. Um, We thought it was kind of over and then this one's been a little bit more challenging going back um, into lockdown. But like you guys said, there's always something to find within it and, uh, yeah, many of us are doing that. So thank you for your kind words and hopefully we'll see you guys soon. All right, lots of love. Lots of love. Bye. 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 Bye.